say one of the most difficult parts about doing my job. I mean, I mean this literally. It's, it's challenging. It's not dealing with those who are in leftist media. They're easy to deal with. It's not even dealing with those in, we'll call it corporate media, the ones that are attempting to be, at least pretending to be unbiased. Those people, you know, the, the Jake Pappas think, well, they are biased. We know that, you know, but trying to convince them of that is almost impossible. <laughs> they don't realize it in many ways. They have no idea that they are, that they are biased. So, but that's easy. You know, the challenge that I have oftentimes is dealing with conservative media and alternative media. And it's not, you know, not out of lack of uh, appreciation or you know, respect for the fact that we're on the same team, that we're, we're pushing for the same, same goals, same ideas, trying to spread the same stories. It's that we as conservative journalists, alternative media journalists, oftentimes Christian journalists, we have a tendency to, to get manipulated. Okay. That's just part of the, part of the gig. Um, I, it's happened to me and I try my best, try my best to, to never let it happen to me. This is why I question everything. I question literally everything. I don't care if a story is blatant, outright obvious. I still want to question it and make absolutely sure, absolutely sure that I'm getting the story right. And that doesn't mean that I'm never going to get it wrong because sometimes I can be sure I got the story right. And by golly, I turn out to be wrong. That's that's happened. It, it happens to all of us. But we can and should always strive to not only do better, but to see what the real story is. And far too often in conservative media, the real story gets missed. Big story broke yesterday. That is a perfect example of this challenge that we face as conservatives and Christians, and alternative media journalists. It was, uh, well, basically, just the, the long story short is the CEO of a company, a, an election logistics company out of Michigan, very small company, I think 20 or 25 people in the, in the company total. But the CEO was arrested for storing data, important data of election workers, including poll workers, by the way, storing this data in communist China. Now, that <laughs> is obviously a huge no-no. You don't want to do that, right? That's uh, that's just part of the gig. And he was arrested, oddly enough, by by the, the team of George Gascon, the um, Soros-backed district attorney out here in, in Los Angeles. He was the one behind the arrest and yada, yada, yada. That was big, huge news. And it should have been even huger news. But unfortunately, it was actually overshadowed in many ways because of a story that came out regarding this company's CEO and regarding the voter fraud that that they may or may not have participated in. I'll get to that is based on a story that I, I posted over at AmericaFirstReport.com. But first, I want to make a quick plea to all of you out there listening. Eh, please, probably the wrong word. I'm going to ask you to do something. You know, cancel culture has made it to where we are bouncing around as conservatives, as Christians, as alternative media journalists, whatever you are, America first patriot. Okay. It's made it to where we have to be very careful with our audience. I've seen many, I've had many friends, many friends have their accounts banned. I've been banned three times on YouTube, for example, the, um, uh, the original, 
Twitter account for NLQReports.com got banned the same day that President Trump got banned on Twitter. So we have that challenge. I want to always be able to reach you all. Okay. No matter what happens, I want to be able to reach you. And the so far, and this could change, but at least as of now, the easiest way to make sure that that happens, and also for you guys to be able to reach me, is through Substack. Substack is a, it's basically, it's an email newsletter company, but they have attracted some amazing people. And a lot of us out there have Substacks now because there seems to be a, a true adherence to appropriate free speech. And when I say appropriate free speech, people say, well, what do you mean by appropriate free speech? You know, are you against hate speech? Or you know, Look, my, my stance on free speech is pretty close to absolute with the exception of, I don't agree. You know, I don't think people should be able to participate in illegal speech. Okay. Yeah, people want to call me names. They want to use bigoted terms. They want to go after other people. Look, that's fine. That's part of it's part of life. It's part of free speech. We have to accept the ugly if we're going to also have the freedom to accept the truth, right? But I do draw the line when it comes to speech that causes real harm. I'm not talking about hate speech or it's going to hurt somebody's feelings. I'm saying, you know, for example, some guy should not be able to go on Twitter and post post a um, you know, revenge porn of his ex-girlfriend and post her address and you know, post the location where she hides her spare key next to the door. And, you know, when when she's her schedule of when she's likely to be home alone. OK, that's that's the type of speech that, you know, prevents me from being a free speech absolutist. OK, seems that Substack is very much like that. So I'm asking you all, if you would, please take a moment. And go to jdrucker.substack.com. That's jdrucker.substack.com. I send out, you know, at most two, but usually just one and oftentimes no newsletters every day. And I don't do it for the sake of, oh, you know, got to go post a newsletter. I only send out newsletters based on truly important stories. Okay. If it's a story that I think the people desperately need to, to hear, whether it's a video or, you know, long story, long detailed commentary, or just a short little piece, you know, with, with FYI information, information that we, we should see, then I'll send out a newsletter. Otherwise, you know, I, I've gone two or three days before without sending anything out simply because there really wasn't anything that was worth it. So I'm not going to spam you. I'm going to send you out, you know, usually one, sometimes zero, very rarely two newsletters, Every day that'll hit your inbox. And I can assure you that if they do hit your inbox, it's because I feel it's something you need to hear. So jdrucker.substack.com. It may be in the long run, it may be the only place where you'll be able to find me if uh, cancel culture gets its way. And, and believe me, they are coming after me hard every day. So the story over at America First Report titled The Real Story Behind the Connect CEO Arrest and the New York Times embarrassing, quote-unquote, embarrassing article, as opposed to in the story. One of the keys to discernment is to question everything. And by everything, I mean we shouldn't just question what happens, but why it happens in the first place. Those of us who know there is a cabal of globalist elites and their numerous proxies who are trying to destroy America and take over the world are often the ones who need discernment the most. We're, we're good at getting on the right track, 
but we can be easily made to miss the real point, such as the case of Kinect, the and that's spelled K-O-N-N-E-C-H, the tiny election logistics company out of Michigan. Their CEO, Eugene Yu, was arrested Tuesday for storing sensitive personal data of around 2 million election workers on servers housed in China. This was, of course, big news because it partially confirms what many have been saying for a long time. More on those details later, but I want to talk about the wrinkle in the story first. Just the day before the arrest, the New York Times posted an article attempting to debunk claims that Connect and their CEO were storing confidential data in China. Conservative media pounced on the story, as we are wont to do, because it was a total embarrassment for the leftist news outlet. It's standard operating procedure for conservative journalists to, quote, own the leftists whenever they make such embarrassing mistakes. Conservatives on social media were virtually chuckling, offering each other high-five emojis. In reality, we were conned once again. And, you know, there's a lot of times I'll get notes from conservatives, uh, especially on Twitter or Facebook or Truth Social. Well, no, nothing from Facebook because I don't actually check there. I always have to remind myself, don't tell people to go to your Facebook because I check my messages there about once every, I don't know, quarter. <laughs> I might check them three or four times a year. I've seen important messages that have come through and it's like, oh my gosh, I've got to reach you. And they went through Facebook. So, so scratch Facebook. But, but you know, I saw conservatives on Twitter, on Truth Social, on Gab, on... Um, on a getter okay i saw this literally high five emojis i saw people out there that were saying this is this is you know perfect example this is amazing you know the new york times is is fully exposed oh the shame the shame this is so great for us so bad for them you know just really talking about the story about how they said that it was debunked how they said that the New York Times said that this guy was was innocent and that he was a victim of, of conspiracy theories and all this other stuff, okay? And that's what the talk was about when it should have been about the fact that there was an arrest of a CEO of a company that houses data of 2 million election workers and then housing it in a facility it's controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. That's the story. And yet here we are, as conservatives, as Christians, as alternative media, focused on, oh, yeah, New York Times, we got them. I'll be discussing this more, but let's get back to the article. Here's what really went down. The arrest was made on orders of L.A. District Attorney George Gaskin, an embattled disciple of George Soros. On their nearly every conservative and alternative media outlet out there howled in delight that not only was a massive voter fraud conspiracy theory partially confirmed, but that the New York Times owned itself by publishing a debunking story the day before. What a crazy, and this is a quote, by the way, what a crazy, awesome, inexplicable turn of events, one conservative journalist noted in her article on the subject. As I noted in the beginning, conservatives in media desperately need discernment. The powers that be know how to manipulate us. They can practically write our headlines for us through their selective leaks and perfect coordination between corporate media, the deep state, and their other proxies. The timing of the New York Times story was not fortuitous. It does not benefit conservatives or America one bit. It served two very important purposes, and yes, 
It was dropped exactly when it was supposed to be dropped and said exactly what it was supposed to say based on orders from the cabal. The first purpose, and mind you, this is the less important purpose, but it's it's important. It's a uh, less important, but still important in the minds of, of those who are trying to manipulate us and usher in the liberal world order. <laughs> the first purpose was to get ahead of the, the arrest that the New York Times knew was coming. And I, it's funny because I did notice a lot of people, I would say most, who were commenting on it on social media or in the conservative articles and, and even a couple of videos that were done about it. They were saying, oh, you know, if the New York Times would have just waited one day, then they wouldn't have had posted the article or, you know, whatever. No, folks, that's this is this is planned. I'll explain how I know this here in a minute. But no, this was planned. They were supposed to drop the article the day before the arrest. OK. Back to the article or my article. First purpose was to get ahead of the arrest that the New York Times knew was coming. We have to remember how the vast majority of Americans, even many conservatives, operate. Once a piece of quote-unquote news is relayed into their minds, it's hard to convince them of anything other than that original narrative. The notion that Kinect and their CEO were involved in a massive voter fraud scheme by working with the Chinese Communist Party was declared a conspiracy theory. If recent history has taught us anything, it's that this huge story about potential election manipulation will be swept under the rug by corporate media. But it's worse than just corporate media ignoring it. The New York, the New York Times story planted a seed that not only is Connect's involvement just a conspiracy theory, but that election deniers, quote-unquote election deniers, like True the Vote, are somehow dangerous. That's going to be the takeaway from many who even hear about the story at all, and unfortunately, not many Americans will. But here's the thing, and here's the important part. The second purpose is even more important. Like I said, conservatives in media are easy to manipulate. This is a perfect example of the cabal switching the focus of those of us who are trying to pay attention. People like you, people like me. Go and, and do this if you can, if you're at your computer, maybe later. Go to your favorite conservative news outlet and do a search for Connect, K-O-N-N-E-C-H. You'll probably find two stories. One will be about the arrest. The other will be about the New York Times and their quote-unquote humiliating story the day before. Both stories are important to conservatives because one deals with voter fraud and the other deals with corporate media, one of our favorite enemies, fake news media. But just because they're both important to us doesn't mean they're both important in the grand scheme of things. Connect stored personal data for the most important people during any election, the poll workers. We've seen how much power they can have in close elections. We all saw videos from the 2020 election when poll workers were counting, double counting, and triple counting ballots. We saw videos of them bringing out boxes hidden under tables after media was told to leave. Controlling those who are counting the vote is the easiest path to stealing an election. And these people had their personal data housed by a company affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party. That's the story. Unfortunately, around half of the conservatives who would have learned more about it are busy with their high-five emojis because of the ludicrous and quote-unquote embarrassing article in the New York Times the day before. We're being distracted from a big story with a completely irrelevant one. For many, if not most conservative readers, the fun story about the New York Times is getting shared more 
than the bombshell arrest that happened. It's not a coincidence that the story came out the day before the arrest. Keep in mind, the story wasn't breaking. The events the New York Times highlighted happened in August. Yet there will be those who tell me I sound crazy when I say it was coordinated. To those people, I'll remind them to look at the facts. A story hit Mockingbird Media the day before a Soros-backed district attorney arrested a CEO of a company that is accused of housing personal poll worker data in communist China. As a result, more attention is being paid to the New York Times than to the company that appears to be at the heart of the voter fraud that stole the 2020 election. Sure, that's all just a coincidence. They know how to make us do things, folks. They know how to steer us in the direction they want us to steer. They knew this story was going to be bad. They couldn't cover it up. They being the powers that be, the the uh, global steely cabal. They knew that they couldn't hide this forever because people such as those at True the Vote, True Patriots, who are continuing to try to expose voter fraud, who are continuing to fight the good fight, despite the vast majority of Americans either not believing in voter fraud or having moved on for whatever reason, which I've said many times in the past, I'm completely against that concept of moving on because we've had an attack against the Constitution, the most consequential attack in the history of the world. And you want me to move on? I don't think so. I'm not going to. Not until at least one person is held accountable, and preferably two or ten or a thousand so no, I'm not going to move on. And thankfully, those that true the vote aren't moving on. And here's a perfect example of fruit. It's bearing fruit. Now, George Gascon said, oh, you know, I didn't even know that. I haven't been talking through the vote. We just happened to, to discover this. Okay. <laughs> it's convenient that it was George Gascon. He is controlled by George Soros. He is a radical leftist, the most radical leftist amongst the very many radical leftist district attorneys here in the United States. He's, he's a bad dude, and for him to be involved in this, for the New York Times to be involved in this, Mockingbird Media tells us without a doubt that this is being, we're being manipulated. We're being forced to look at the New York Times and laugh and chuckle and high-five emoji, when in reality, the big story here is that a massive bust just happened, and very few conservatives are talking about the bust itself now would be a good time to remind my wonderful amazing audience that with everything that's going on in the world you do need to if you have wealth or retirement that you want to protect now is the time to consider precious metals you can go to jdrucker.com gold i have vetted out two well i've actually i've vetted out over two dozen but out of those two dozen companies, I found problems that made me believe they weren't America first companies. Those problems, the, the most common problems, by the way, just for those who, who could be, because people have asked me, you know, what are my criteria? Number one, I look at the executives, the owners, the people that are at the top of these companies, and I find out, did they donate to Democrats? You'll be shocked how many patriots and conservatives out there, uh, show hosts and websites are promoting companies who these companies, their executives and owners are major donors 
to the Democrat Party. It makes sense, of course, because Democrats are bad for the economy and a bad economy can be very good for precious metals. I'm not a financial advisor, not making a declarative statement. I'm just saying that's generally the case. So it does make sense. The other criteria, oddly enough, is that a lot of these companies have direct involvement with other companies, whether through ownership or partnership, companies that are directly affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party. Those are two no-goes for me, folks. I'm not going to spend money with companies that are working with those who are trying to to stop me, who are trying to change my way of life, who are trying to, in many ways, kill me. Okay? So I found two companies. You can go to jdrucker.com slash gold. And you'll find links to these two companies. One is small, family-owned business. The other one is bigger, corporate. You know, they have they have lots of product. Both of them specialize in IRAs, precious metals. It really just comes down to personality. Do you want to deal with the owner of a small company, or do you want to talk to talk to an experienced uh, uh, precious metals professional at a corporate company? It doesn't matter to me. I I like them both. Okay, I like them both. So go check them out. JD Rucker. Dot com slash go.